Good evening, good evening on this 1st August in 2021. What a new month, five months away from the end of the year. Then 2021 is over and we move in 2022. So I want to help you and through the word of God that you will end strong and be strong and be courageous and be confident in what God is doing right now on the face of the earth. This morning we had phenomenal services with great attendance, of course, in the limit space and uh, with a lot of new people, phenomenal people that came for the first time to all these different meetings and we're so grateful. And for those that were watching, thank you for all the messages we're here to see that you will be impacted and that you can impact a world outside there. Now this morning, and we, we spoke about to build strong, of course, for two months we spoke on building a strong foundation so that we can have fearless, <laughs> my word, motivated, significant followers of Christ so that we can build a strong church. And we start speaking this morning of building strong because you have a life mission. And we are here to complete our life mission on the face of the earth. And I said it the other day, I said the most wealthiest place on the face of the earth is not Kuwait with the oil and South Africa with diamonds and what nation. It's the cemetery. In the cemetery lies many books never uh, written, many songs never composed, many inventions never, never came to invent it, many messages never preached, many songs never composed, many businesses that never manifest. Why? Because people died and they all, always say tomorrow and next year and in the time that comes and the time never came and they miss the moment what God has. Now, years ago, we preach a thing. You need to recognize the moment. First, ask for the moment, recognize the moment, and be aware of that moment. And then you embrace that moment, then you walk in that moment. And when you start walking in that moment, you will have the fruit that the moment produce. And that's the greatness of God, the good, the acceptable, and the perfect will of God. Now, tonight, and I trust you had a phenomenal Sunday, and tonight I want to go on because this morning we spoke on the three attitudes that weaken my spirit. And there's three attitudes that will strengthen my spirit. And I'm just going to touch what we were sharing this morning because I made the statement in the services I preach, and this is the third service I'm preaching for the day. And there was many others that we had different services. And I used the scripture out of Daniel chapter 7.25 and says that the enemy, him, will come and start with <laughs> accusations against God for this reason, to weaken or tiring God's people. That's his mission. He wants to make you tired. He wants to exhaust you. Because one of those powerful scriptures that I was reading in all the different translations, 
It says, and he wants to wear out the saints. The other one says, and he wants to oppress God's holy people. (laughs) Now, this is one thing. He wants to make God's people self-centered and not God-centered. Now, when you understand tonight, you have this life mission and we start. This is the first. Now, I'm not in numbers, but it's very interesting how it works many times. It's the eighth month and the number eight in Bible terms stands for, listen, it stands for this morning or this night for to move beyond just being, but become a believer and to become. Now, one thing about what we said this morning about this eight, it starts for new beginnings. It's the number of hope. It's new horizons and a bright future. Say, praise the Lord. During the COVID and lockdown and all these things, there's a new beginning. There's a fresh start. And there's new horizons. And I'm going to go higher. I'm not going to let the setbacks keep me back or put me in a prison without bars where I am imprisoned in my mind. I'm going to walk and do because I have the lamp and I have the light. That's the word of God. And we have discovered because there are four areas that you need to build to have a strong spirit. And that is you need to build your spirit man. You cannot feed your physical body three, four, five meals a day and give your spirit man one tiny snack on a Sunday morning. (laughs) No, no, you will look great on the outside, but you will be defeated on the inside. Your spirit man will look if it comes out of Ethiopia or out of some hunger stricken area where there's no hope. Uh, No, no, that's not what God wants. He wants you to have a strong spirit because if your spirit is strong, it will take you in directions and in dimensions you have never been in before. Second thing that we need to build during this time, you need to build your body and your soul because between the the spirit world and the natural world, oh my word, your body makes contact with the natural, your spirit with the spirit world. There's an axle, if we can call it, and that's your soul dimension. So that I need to develop a strong soul, a powerful, renewed mind, mind of Christ, and have a strong body so that I can build strong relationships and have strong financial breakthroughs and uh, become the blessing that God has ordained me to be. Now we look at this thing where Paul addressed the church in Ephesus, Ephesians chapter 360, New Living Translation. He says, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, God will give you mighty inner strength through his Holy Spirit. Say the Spirit is the key. Mary said, how will this be possible? After the Spirit of the Lord said, she's got a life mission. She's destined for greatness. She's going to carry the Messiah. She's going to give birth and she will still be a virgin. And he said, She said, how will this be possible? And he said, the Holy Spirit will come and overshadow you. Because if you have word, you're going to dry up without spirit. If you have only spirit 
without word, you're going to blow up. And that's why we have a lot of blast oppies. <laughs> but if you have the spirit and the word, you will grow up. And that's what God wants you to grow to maturity. And we look this morning just to touch base about the three uh, attitudes that weakens my spirit. And we use the example of Samson, but I'm not going to, I'm just going to tell you what the three is. You can watch the morning service. It was self-indulgence. That means I'll do it my way. Oh, my word. And the excuse that people have with that is just as once. Just as once caused Samson in big trouble. Because this is so phenomenal. When you live a life of self-indulgence in every area of your life, you'll do it your way, and there's only one way, and I've made up my mind, and that's how I'm going to do it. No matter what who says, God says, the word says, the preacher says, I'm going to do it my way. That will weaken your spirit because it's the spirit of God that makes the word of God alive. Man shall not live from bread alone, Matthew 4, 4, or his life will not be upheld or sustained, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And we've see, seen what Samson end up. He chose the lilla. Second thing, after he made that choice, he became angry, tied jackals to this tails and put fire and sent them in the grain fields because he reacted in his anger. That second thing that will uh, let you develop a weak spirit is resentment, unforgiveness. My word, you carry grudges against people. That will weaken your spirit. That's what happened because the excuse Samson had, and that's still the same excuses, they hurt me and I'll show them. Now I've learned in my short life with God and that's 52 years, 46 years of full-time ministry, hurting people will always hurt other people. People are not healthy and healed and set free from what hurt them. They will always be on the mission to hurt somebody. That's not God's way. God is a mender. He's a restorer of everything. So what must I do? Because scripture says in Job chapter 18, 4, you are only hurting yourself with your anger. You are only hurting yourself with your anger. And God cannot answer a prayer. This morning, the professor of Stellenbosch said, 85% of Christians profess or people profess in this nation of the whole population. They are Christians. Why don't we see the results? Because people say they're Christians, but they're angry. And scripture says God cannot answer your prayer when you're angry. If you keep something against somebody, he says when you pray, not if, when you pray, forgive so that you will be forgiven. Our Father which art in heaven, forgive me my trespasses just as I forgive the one that uh, trespass against me. So I cannot keep specials and say, I'll forgive you, but I cannot for you. And I'll, <laughs> my word, or I'll forgive, but I won't forget. No, no. He said, drop it and let it go. Drop it and let it go. Even how difficult it may be. Because what will, how do I, be, to be strong, I must control my reactions. 
I must control. You sit in a service and they talk about money and you get so angry and then you shut off. That's the moment God brings you something to get you free and to take you in another dimension so that God can use you. Or you are against whatever the case may be and uh, you must control your reactions. And the third thing that will weaken your spirit is carelessness. Carelessness. Listen, will drain your energy. (laughs) Samson was a Nazarene, and he was in a Nazarene covenant with God, not cutting his hair, don't drink wine and follow God's principles. He was raised very protected. But because he had, my word, it was self-indulgence, and because he was operating resentment, he started living careless. Because carelessness will weaken your spirit. Now, Delicious or Delilah's there and she said, tell me what's the source of your strength. Can you think a person can be so stupid? He said, if you tie me with seven fresh bowstrings. And he went to sleep the next morning when he opened his eyes. There were strange men in the room. And he was tied up and he broke that strings and slaughtered the people. And then she comes with another trick. He becomes more careless. The red light should have gone on and get rid of this delicious thing. <laughs> That's actually Delilah. And uh, she said, tell me, what is the power of your strength? And he start moving all the closer and closer to the very thing that's going to take him down. He was a powerful man on the outside, but he was weak in spirit. Because his appearance was so powerful. And when he operated my word, he was so anointed. Who can catch so many jackals at once and tie their tails together? And then he said, if you would weave my hair with fresh ropes. He said, that's the power. He went to sleep the next morning. You can imagine he was to pick up his head. His hair was weaved and woven into this thing. And there were strange men again in the room. Break loose, slaughter them, kill them. And then she came with the last trick. She never cared about him. She was the instrument in the hand of the enemy because the Philistines was angry with Samson. And she said, if you really love me, tell me what's your secret. Didn't we hear that one many times? And he said, if you cut my hair, he became so careless. He didn't protect his covenant with God. He didn't care how his parents told him he's, he's that judge that will take an Afrikaanser that will take Israel in victory. And he said, if you cut my hair, careless, carelessness took him. And he went to sleep. And the next morning, when he opened his eyes, he was tied with robes. Strange men again in the room. And she said, Samson, the Philistines is on you for the third time. Tried to break loose. But he had no strength and no power. Because it was not the hair, it was the covenant he had. He cut the covenant relationship. And he's careless with his assignment. And they poke out his eyes and he become a slave for the Philistines. You see, That's a strategy of the enemy. 
He wants to weaken you. He wants to tire you. He wants to get you depressed, oppressed, compressed, so that you will not move in dimensions what you were designed for. He knows you have a life mission. He knows how valuable you are for God. He knows how precious you are. He knows your ability and your potential. And listen, don't let self-indulgence, resentment, or carelessness, what of this, one of these threes do you need to deal with? Maybe all three, because they come in sequence. You need to get them out of your life because Satan will use this to get you in a weak spirit. And he wants you to have this kind, roller coaster kind of life. One day up, the next day down. One day excited, the next day depressed. Now we face many challenges and this is life. But you have the victory. He's the way maker. <laughs> My word. And God wants you to live your life mission. You are his personal representative on the face of the earth. And your life mission is this. In John chapter 17, 18, Jesus is speaking now with the Father. He says, in the same way that you gave me a mission in this world, I give them a mission in the world. John chapter 17, 18. Amplified classic, just as you have sent me, I sent them. And then Paul comes in Acts chapter 20 and 24, and he knows he's at the end of a journey. The NCV translation, he says, the most important thing is that I complete my mission. I complete my mission. The work that the Lord Jesus gave me. You see, you have a mission. God gave you work. He didn't save you only for heaven. He saved you to complete that work, to act on to the book of Acts. He says to tell people the good news about God's grace. That's your life mission. Your life mission is, and he loads you for the a capacity to live out your life mission. Now, I need to understand there are three habits that will strengthen my spirit, that will illuminate all these other things, that will cancel self-indulgence, resentment, and carelessness by word. And when you become, <laughs> and you develop these habits that will, it's very simple stuff, but that's the basics. People say, no, I don't need that. I need fresh meat until the storm hit them. I do the keys of faith and it's the grace of God because I'm sharing principles that help me to build where we are today and the just shall lift my faith. And then I have people, they say, take me off the list. I don't want to hear that. That's baby food. And then a few days later, they say, pray for me. I don't have money. I'm so defeated. I have no hope. But they have these big revelations. And I say, yeah, <laughs> you must build a strong foundation. And if the Bible says the just shall live by faith, faith is God said it, I believe it, now I act upon it. That's faith that can move the mountain. That's faith that can turn a hopeless situation in hope. That's faith that can bring the manifestation of God's greatness upon your life. And I have learned the moment when I live by faith and move by faith and 
leave God's word above my circumstances, above my feelings, above my situations. Oh, my word. Then you're going to be victorious because you have a strong spirit to break through. You are destined for greatness. You are destined to sit in a heavenly position. Oh, my word. You are destined to heal the sick, cast out devils, raise the dead. Come on, speak in new tongues, take up poisonous things and nothing will harm you. You are destined to be a mighty champion of God on the face of the earth. You cannot be a wimp and be placid and say, oh, I'm sorry that I'm alive and I'm just, no. God called you, you are loaded with the Holy Spirit. You are loaded with the fullness of the Godhead is inside of you. That's why John comes and he writes in his letter. In 1 John 4, 4, he said, you have overcome them, my children. You have overcome every demon, every witch doctor, every witchcraft, every curse. <laughs> my word, every warlock, every whatever. You have overcome them. How? By the blood of the Lamb. Wow. And the word of your testimony. That's why I must be cautious what comes out of my mouth. How? This is phenomenal. When you discover you are God's vessel, you are an earthen vessel, says the Bible. You are that vessel that God wants to use. Second Corinthians 4, 7, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. Yet we are perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. So that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. Oh, hallelujah. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost, says Paul. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6. What? He says, what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God. And ye are not your own, for ye are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> now, 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 Peter comes and he gives us the instruction. This is going to help you. And we're going to be short. He says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, who? That your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, he is not a roaring lion, as a roaring lion, he's a, <laughs> he's a impersonated, listen, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. But my part of this is, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil. <laughs> and, and Paul comes and he addressed the Christians in Ephesus and he, Ephesians chapter 6, 10, and he says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Be strong. God sees you as strong, as a powerful vessel, as one that can change the history of nations. Now, I want to give you the three things that will let you build a strong spirit. Ephesians chapter 6, 10. 
Build up your strength in the TEV translation. In union with the Lord and by means of his mighty power. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> what must I do? Build up your strength. You and I need to build up ourselves. How? Build up your strength with, in union with the Lord. That's why you're not only working for God, you must work with God. You and God works hand in hand. You do it God's way. You cannot do it your way. You say, I choose, and I've seen people that were phenomenal children of the Lord, and suddenly they get this funny revelation that's actually a revolution, and that's actually false, because it sidetracked them from God's mission for their lives. God had, knows everything about you. He told the prophet Jeremiah, he said, before you were in your mother's womb, I've already called you. While you were there, I laid my hands upon you to be a prophet to the nations. See, God is aware he wants to use you. <laughs> my word. Now, if you develop these three habits, if you never write anything down, write it down. You get free from self-centeredness to God-centered. From self-centered to God-centered. You move from spectator to participator. <laughs> you cannot sit. Who's the, the most powerful rugby players? The ones on the pavilion, not the ones on the field. Because the ones on the pavilion plays harder or watch the television Kick that ball now, you stupid. You should have done. And they give instruction, but they never themselves played any match. <laughs> it's time to move from spectators to participators. You shift from comfort to character. You will move from only getting to giving. <laughs> giving means bringing the harvest in. Giving and sharing my life message and live out my life mission. Isn't that phenomenal? When I apply these three principles, because three things that will weaken my spirit, but these three things will build you up as a giant in the Lord. Number one, get time with God every day. The principle of first. Put God first in every situation. What would Jesus do? First, spend time with God. The fact that you're going to open your eyes tomorrow morning. There's people that's not going to open their eyes. The fact that you and I open our eyes tomorrow morning, it's to live out a life mission. Because this is what it is. Get a daily time, listen, a quiet time, time to read scripture, to share the word, listen to, uh, if you want to listen to the, but listen to the keys of faith that will help you. And the reason I need to develop this habit is Psalm 25, 4, show me the path where I should go, O Lord. Point out the right road for me to walk. God wants you to make your decisions with him. You make your own decisions. 
or do you make your decisions with God? And he will never lead you in error. Because the routine, if I do that, Jesus, the Bible says in Luke chapter 5, 16, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and he prayed. Oh my word, that's the routine we need to have. My phenomenal time is to be aside and wherever, and sometimes just sit in a coffee shop during a day and just be on myself with paper and writing something. And uh, or early morning, get in the sauna or sit there in one of the rooms and, and just read the word and get in the word and listen to the word and prepare the key because I need to make quality decisions every day. So are you. And the result is going to be when I develop this habit. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, then you may ask for anything you wish and you shall have it. Isn't that phenomenal? If you remain in me, because then I do the instruction of the word. I'm not a listener. I am now become a doer because I spend time with God. It's a love relationship. Second thing that I need to develop to build a strong spirit. Get together with believers. There's so many believers angry and disappointed and he said and she said and where's God now and why did God drop me? We all have been there. It's Satan's strategy to get you out of fellowship. He wants to dilute your hope, paralyze your planning, and he wants you to abort God's dream for your life because he knows my word. If he can separate you, if you go on a safari, there's three things the, the game warden says. He says, as we walk, never walk in front of me. Because if a dangerous animal are chasing and I have to shoot him, guess who's in the way? Never walk ahead. Stay in sync. It's a lot of people. Instead of that, they are sent ones. They become went ones. And the went ones always end up in disaster, confused, or more messed up than ever before. Second thing the game warden says, he says, whenever an animal chase, he said, don't turn your back and run. That gives him the assignment to kill you. He said, face him. <laughs> That's another one. You see, Satan wants you to run away. And the third one, he said, never separate you from the group. He said, the lion or whatever cannot discern in a group, confusing. But if somebody separate, that's why they chase into this group of zebras or whatever. And the one that separates him, that's the one they start chasing. They can't concentrate. Same with Satan. God never called you to be an island. You get so angry and people say, now I'm just going to serve God in my house because I've been doing this for 19 months and it worked. No! If you have coals in a fire and you take that one coal out of the fire, guess what? It slowly becomes cold and more cold 
It's later on lukewarm until it's dead. The same with us. You need to belong because you need to be somewhere in fellowship with other people. This is your family. Your spiritual family is going to stay with you. They're going to outlive your natural family. And God created us to be part of each other, Ephesians chapter 4, so that we can help to build up his church, his body. By every ligament and every body part, we are body parts. (laughs) And we need each other. I'm yourself. You're not complete. The reason is, Hebrews chapter 10, 25, let us not give up the habit of meeting together. Instead, let us encourage each other. My word, isn't that powerful? That's why we have all the prayer and the Zoom meetings that's going to happen tomorrow night and the Power School of Ministry and we have life classes and we have destiny training is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Ephesians chapter 4. The apostle, prophet, teacher, evangelist, and shepherd has been given to equip the saints for the work. There's work to be done. You cannot make it on your own. Scripture says, who he who separates himself willfully. He's a fool. He's a fool. (laughs) He's a fool. He says, he will take no wise counsel. I've sat with people and they say, God told me to leave the ministry. I said, why? And then they told me how terrible who is and whatever. And this one step on their big toe and ingrown toenail. And, and I said, wow. And God told you, yes. Somebody goes to the bar on a Friday night. He's a sinner. He starts getting drunk. And later on, he's so drunk, he doesn't care about his weekly pay. He said, it's all on me for everybody. And then he's looking for an argument and there's a fight and they hit his eyes. Nearly looks like mine tonight. And uh, no, I wasn't in a fight. And uh, they bruise him and kick him. Guess where he's next week? Again with the drunk buddies. Why are the Christians so weak? It's because we need to get strong. How do you get strong? When we encourage each other, when you know there's a brother and sister for you. And the reason is, my word, let us not give up. That's the instruction. You cannot neglect. Now, understanding the covet and the limitations and be there. My word, even if we have to start the third service in some places and think in the one venue, they had four different services in different venues on the big campus. But don't neglect the gathering of the saints. Tune in. Be part. Listen to the word. The routine is, They met day after day. The outpouring happened. That was the New Testament church in the temple courts and from house to house. They meet daily. You cannot. You need daily. You need your brothers and sisters. We need each other. We are a family. I have a phenomenal natural family. I have two brothers. My sister passed on. Actually, three brothers and Jackie also. And uh, it's two mothers, one father. But my other two brothers, same parents, and uh, I love my family. But I love my spiritual family also. I have my children. I have my grandchildren. Listen, the routine. That's the Bible. That's the Bible. They met when they feel like it. No. (laughs) They went from house to house. That's why we have open cells and evangelistic cells 
belong somewhere by word. And they went in the temple courts and from house to house day after day. That's in Acts chapter 5 and 42. Should be Acts 2, 42. And the results is two are better than one, off than one, because together they are more effective, says the Bible. If one falls down, the other can help him up. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 to 10. So what must I do? I must spend time with God to build a strong spirit. If you have time in the gym and you follow the instruction, you will develop muscles and you will have uh, longer breath and you will have stamina. And that's the same. This is a spiritual exercise because Satan wants to get you tired, weakened by word, wear you out that you want to toss in the towel and give up. And God's way is the only way. And then the third one, so, so, every powerful, phenomenal men and women of God, listen, was big sowers into the kingdom. Oh, my word, Dad Hagen gave away and all the big T.L. Osborne and Oral Roberts and them. And uh, great men and women of God, they become great. Why? They can't conquer mammon. Money doesn't control them. And the, the thing that I prove that uh, money is not in control of my life, it doesn't uh, set my mood. Money is at all. Now, when we talk about money, people get upset. But Jesus said it in how a, <laughs> a disciple must live in Matthew chapter 6. You cannot serve mammon and God. You will love the one, hate the other one. He said such powerful stuff. Now, what does tithing mean or giving? Returning the first portion of my income back to God. Returning the first portion of my income back to God. Listen, people. Because money is not evil. It's the love people have for money. They murder. They scam. And then they start chasing money, and they think that's the thing. And Jesus said, no, no, no. That's a very dangerous thing. Because it's the blessing of the Lord that maketh rich and add no sorrow. And the reason why I must sow and give every week, every day. I'm a giver. I'm a lover of God. That's why it's not difficult to give. Listen, Deuteronomy 14. Or let me read the reason, Matthew chapter 6, 21. Wherever your treasure is, your heart will be there. Where's your heart tonight? That's where your treasure is. Your treasure is things or a person or affair or a situation. And you love that things, that car, that, 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 that airplane, that musical instrument, that jagger, whatever you have. More than you love God, then you're in trouble. Because your heart reveals what is your treasure. Your action tells me 
Where does God fit in your life? Show me how you spend your money and I can tell you where God is. God said, I want to be first in everything. Put me first. And the purpose, Deuteronomy 14, 23, Living Bible, the purpose of tithing is to teach you, says the Bible, to always put God first in your life. God first. God first. God first. This is where a lot of people, they put their business first and their debt first and uh, their hobbies first and whatever, and their pleasure first. And what they don't realize, they become careless with their life mission. The routine is Bible, 1 Corinthians 16, 2, Living Bible. On the first day of every week, set aside some of what you have earned and give it as an offering. You know why we do offerings? And that's why in church, to give people an opportunity. The amount depends on how much the Lord has helped you earn, says 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 2. Wow. What will the result be? And I'm closing. He says, bring your whole tithe into my storehouse. Then test me in this, says the Lord. And see if I won't throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour you out so much blessing that you won't have enough room for it. You want to build that strong spirit? And you're going to overcome? And you're not going to get tired and be wear out and get depressed and oppressed because of what the devil did and covered it and this one that and that one that is these three simple principles. Jesus operating them. You'll find him in, <laughs> he was praying alone, praying with the crowd and then praying alone. That's why his disciples say, they didn't say, teach me how to preach, teach me how to prophesy, teach me how to use this. Teach us how to pray. Prayer, prayer. Pray the Lord of the harvest, Matthew chapter 9, that he will send, thrust, push out laborers in the harvest field. You want God's agenda? My word. Jesus was in church. He was in the temple. His parents traveled. After three days, they discovered the boy is not. They went back. Here they found him in the temple. He's 12 years old. And the mother, of course, she's upset, Mary. And he said, don't you know, I'm busy with the things of my father. <laughs> Jesus opened the scrolls. He teach in the temple. He went to church. Now, what's wrong with us? Don't neglect the gathering so that you can be bowled up, that you can refuel, recharge. And that you can be fed and grow into that great giant. I can serve the Lord at my house. No. With whom? The new thing and the stupid thing that people said, oh, I belong to the invisible church. And then they dramatize it like this. I told a guy, 
said, when you die, get the invisible pastor to bury you. It's not me. <laughs> now you know I will do it. But this is the thing. And the third thing, be a lover of Jesus by giving. If you both develop these three habits, you will conquer the enemy. You will have victory. You will be strengthened. And you will grow. And you will see what mighty thing you do for God. Hold up your spirit. Maybe you battle this night because of hurts and pains and disappointments. And you, you became self-indulgent. You'll say, I'll just try this one more time. I'll do it my way. Who's he? Somebody told me, who do you think you are to tell me what the Bible is saying? I said, I don't tell you. I just said what the word says. But do what you want. And then they end up in big trouble. I've seen people start in the spirit and they end in the flesh. Self-indulgence. And then people become resentment. God said I must forget, but I will not forgive. Oh yeah, I read in the scripture, I can turn my first cheek and then my second cheek. And then afterwards, I'll give him. <laughs> I heard that. No, forgive. Drop it. Let it go. His promises are new every morning. Tonight, midnight. You have time till midnight tonight to let go. Second after midnight. It's a new day with new promises. And you can miss it. And don't become careless. Maybe you're careless in what you do and what you say and how you, what you eat and how you operate and how you whatever what you do. That will weaken you. But start building the strong spirit. Make a quality decision. On this night, I think it can be about 6.45, 46. To say, on the 1st of August, this month of a new beginning, I'm having something fresh to start. It's new horizons. I'm going to be a person of impact because I'm going to use the simple principles of the word to develop, hallelujah, so that I can fulfill my life's mission. And I'm going to move from self-centered to God-centered, from spectator to participator, oh, from comfort to character, from only getting by star to giving. To bring, share the gospel, tell people, bring them into the kingdom that they can be equipped for the work of the ministry. Because the satisfaction is when you're going to hear one day, come in, thy good, thy good, and thy faithful servant. He said, but there will be people that's going to hear, you're bad. In Afrikaans, it's a very strong word, you're slechte, you're bad servant. He said, I never know you. Oh, my word, that's scary words. It's because people don't realize in the time frame that we are in how serious God is. And that's the thing with COVID. It reveals our hearts and our attitudes and our, our everything. But thank God, when we can make adjustments, come in the habits of God, first thing, <laughs> Spend time with God. Take his word. Come on, somebody. Be connected with a group. Be somewhere plugged in. Be planted in the house so that you can flourish in the courts and become a generous giver so that blessings can flow to someone. And God said, I love a cheerful, prompt to do it giver whose heart is in his giving. Second Corinthians chapter 9, read it. 
and you will see that God takes pleasure in. He prizes above any other thing when we do that. And that's where these habits comes from. God loves you. And I want to pray with you. You say tonight, Gustav, I'm making this adjustments. I'm going to spend time. I'm going to develop my spiritual muscles. I'm going to put the word and the spirit together. I'm going to spend time with God because what the first portion always determines what happens with the rest. And I'm going to be committed. I'm not going to be careless with my commitments. I'm going to be committed to God and his word. And I'm going to be a lover, a sower. I'm going to sow where I'm going to go so that God can bless me. The floodgates can open. I will not have enough room to contain. If that's you, will you pray? Maybe you don't know Jesus. Somebody told you and shared this message. And uh, I want to pray. Say, Lord Jesus, I come to you tonight, right now, as I am. I heard the word of the Lord. I want to be a strong, born-again believer, my word, so that I can be a personal representative of Christ on the face of the earth. Right now, forgive me my sin. Wash me in the blood. Cleanse me, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you for saving me. Thank you that I become a new creature right now and I will serve the Lord in the mighty name of Jesus. Those of you that said, God, I'm going to apply this habits. I want to build up my spirit, man. Lord, I'm going to commit to pray. Thank you for prayer. The fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much. Oh, my word. And the prophet was a man as us. And he prayed and the rain stopped. And he prayed and the rain came. My word, you have more than that prophet. You have the blood. You have the Holy Spirit in you. Make that commitment. Say, Jesus, I plug in. I plug in. Uh, I will not just be uh, some running around from here and there. And a rolling stone never gathers moss. (laughs) It never settles. Say, God, I'm planted in the house. And say, God, here I am. I'm serving you with my things and with my everything. Because if you have my heart, you have everything automatically in the mighty name of Jesus, the living Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah for the giants. Hallelujah for the more than conquerors, God's champions that are rising up and turn the world upside down from now on until Jesus came. It's coming. We love you. Gustav de Toiloftal International, Western Cape, South Africa. Serve the Lord. Tell somebody. Lay your hands on the sick. Pray. Stand in the gap. We have pastors. So pray for Pastor Ulla and Corey Bennett and, and, and Sonny Matthews and Auntie Juliet and all the, the people. And there's a long list. And Louis Rutland, pray for them for breakthrough and healing and the miraculous to happen right now. In the mighty name of Jesus, the loving Christ, connect tomorrow night with the Zoom meetings with Pastor Emila. And then there's a prayer time for Africa and that we pray for South Africa and connect and, and equip yourself for the work. Use your time wise. You're valuable, you're precious, and we love you. And what an honor to be with you. Until tomorrow morning, with all the keys of faith, Friday night, the young people, And next Sunday, the 8 o'clock service, Afrikaans, then all the 9.30 services, there's two, one English, one Afrikaans, and all the 10 o'clock services, and then the 6 o'clock service. Gustav de Toy, Loftal International, Western Cape, South Africa. Dream big, believe big, act big, and trust God's word. You're going to make it big, because abundant supply poured out over your life. In Jesus' name, amen.